Because when the prince of darkness gets in here, he'll destroy everything in your life. I've had parents explain to me, well, I let my teenager listen to rock music because that's all he'll listen to. Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. Uh, this week, guest host is Kate Rambo. Returning. Shalom. How's tricks, Kate? Shalom. Yes, same old, same old. Good. Keeping safe from the COVID? Of course, always. Wearing a mask. (laughs) To be mysterious, mainly. Other than uh, notorious pub rocker, what do you do for a living? Like, do you have to, do you have an office and you have to do like Zoom meetings all day? No, I will say I am a blue collar worker, but I'm not going to reveal exactly what I do. Oh, okay. Wow. Blue collar. Mm -hmm. That could be, you could be Mm -hmm. like anything from a cop to like an assembly line worker or something. Cops blue collar? Are they considered blue blue collar? I thought so. Until they, until they reach detective. Oh, what? And then they become. Then they're white collar. Middle class. (laughs) Yeah. White collar. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, I've just taken all this from, uh, I was watching the Dirty Harry movie, uh, Magnum Force the other day. And there's beat cops. Like they're like the ones that ride around Mm -hmm. the bikes. But then there's like, you know, the inspectors. And that's like Harry. He wears a suit to work. Although I got to say, he doesn't have a very nice apartment for the inspector salary in 1973. Well, they're never home, are they, to enjoy the fruits of their labor? That's that's true. I, well, the one thing I do love, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Magnum Force, but women just throw themselves at Dirty Harry. Like, he had to, like, turn down two ladies. Two ladies? Like, what, boom, boom, one after the other? No, there's one lady that was, like, a friend, uh, like, the ex-wife of one of his friends, and she's like, why don't you ever make a pass at me? And he's like, well, I'm too busy fighting crime. And then there's, like, <laughs> this other, like, really attractive young Asian girl that lives, like, on the first floor of his apartment, and she's like, what do I have to do to get an invite into your room? And he's just like, just bring some beer. (laughs) (laughs) That never happens to me, though. I would have got into his pants because I would have said that there was a crime in in my pants and he needed to investigate it. You know, I don't know if that would work for dirty hair. Maybe. It might. It might. Depends on what you're wearing. I would ask him where the dirty part in Harry came from and if i could investigate it i didn't know that that was like there's five of those films isn't there oh yeah yeah it's a series it's like i think it goes, I all the way up, it goes from dirty harry all the way up to deadpool and they're all based in san francisco and in deadpool that was my favorite one well it's not my favorite one but it's definitely a good one it had jim carrey like to, to pretend to be like axel like basically playing axel rose and their would welcome the jungle just came out and i remember at the time i was like oh this is the best this is like the height of cinema yeah, I was really into it. <laughs> anyway, um, so being blue collar, you don't have to deal with Zoom calls all day. I do not at you all, can, ever. You can consider yourself fortunate. You also don't have to worry about, you don't, you, know, you don't have to deal with the risk of one of your coworkers masturbating into the camera 
while you're well, doing your Zoom Well, that's a risk call. at any job, is it not? <laughs> Finding a co-worker masturbating. That can happen anywhere at any time. I suppose it could happen. So what I'm referencing here is a New Yorker this week. I'm sure you heard about it. Suspended uh, esteemed reporter Jeffrey Tubin for masturbating on a video chat between members of the, his New York staff, New Yorker staff, and the WNYC radio station. And he says he didn't realize that the video was on. I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake, believing I was off camera. I apologized to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. That's what he said. He thought he was not visible on Zoom. He thought no one on Zoom could see him. He thought he had muted, like, muted the video, and so he decided to have a quick wank. What's funny to me about this, why not <laughs> wank before or after you start the Zoom video? Why in the middle of your Zoom session, like he's in a Zoom meeting, and what they were doing was an election simulation. So they had some of the oh. New Yorker's biggest like media journalists all playing different members you know, of Congress. So they had some Republican people, some Democrats, like playing different politicians. And so they took a little break for a strategy session where the Democrats went to their breakout room and the Republicans went to theirs. And meanwhile, Jeffrey Tubin's like, well, I'm going to have a wank. He's really into role play, isn't he? And that was like his his dream role play scenario. He just Maybe he was just that turned on. But it's like, dude, you're you got like twenty minutes during a breakout session. Just wait. You just just like control yourself for another maybe half an hour and then have a wink. But instead, he starts. You know, he lowers the camera. I think what he probably did is like just open up another window. Meanwhile, your camera's mm -hmm. still on. And uh, he just starts, you know, touching his penis, going for a little wake. And then uh, moments later, he just kind of opens up the window and all of his horrified <laughs> colleagues had been seeing him. What I hope he did was like sharing his screen so everyone could see what kind of porn he wanks to. But right. Are they also not complicit? Because if that was happening to me, I would like just close Zoom. But you start like, wanking oh, too? I would close Zoom. Oh. And yeah. And I would just start wanking. <laughs> you just joined in. <laughs> join in but would you not just close it and be like i'll come back in 15 minutes and then be like what the fuck no i would but be pressing record there, well, yeah, and then i would be sending him an email being like hey i got i don't know how much money you got but uh yeah well this is your evil jew side coming out, <laughs> isn't it? i just wonder <laughs> <a Gentile>. like <laughs> i wonder what porn he was watching too I, I don't know for some reason the right when i read this the first thing i thought of and maybe it's just me was he was watching coming on figurines porn have you ever seen that are you familiar <laughs> with that genre it's just like a, oh look at what look it up on like reddit or uh porn hub or something it's just basically some dude's cock jacking off on a barbie or a gi joe or a he-man sometimes right. there'll be like three dudes cocks like jacking off on the same he-man Oh, okay. So it's specifically children's toys. Uh, no, it can be any kind of figurine, but uh, the most because, common are like GI Joe and Barbies. Well, I have what I refer to as a porcelain zoo in my house, and I don't want men coming into my house to come on my porcelain a porcelain zoo. zoo. Are they porcelain like giraffes or something? I have many, many porcelain animal statues. They're all like old. They're all from like the fifties and sixties. No, I, I don't want somebody coming on them. They're worth money. You better watch out who you invite into your home because men will come on anything, especially once you start watching these That's coming true. on figurines. They come on anything. But I just wonder if like some, I just wonder if like their you know, his coworkers are like, dude, he's coming on a GI Joe. Come on, what are you doing, Cobra Commander? Like, what are you doing? 
But Snake you know, eyes. <laughs> after yeah. seeing this, I was I was surprised. I was like, God, I can't believe we haven't heard of this before. You'd think this would be happening all the time, especially now with like college classes having big group Zoom sessions. You know, who would stop a guy? You just think there'd be a pervert. They'd be like, I'm pulling my dick out right now. There's like, you know, six hot sorority girls in this room. I bet it's happening, but people are probably just doing it very or maybe, subtly. Or maybe they're not famous or something. Did you see, uh, there's a meme that was going around or a video. Some guy pulled a diarrhea prank on his classmates where it was like a big group that. session, of like 20 people, and his camera was on. He was in the bathroom just having really painful diarrhea. And all of his classmates and his teacher were like, just shut your camera off. <laughs> But again, right, they're all telling him to shut the camera off. But I, if I was the teacher, I'd be like, everyone, shut your camera off, 15 minutes, come back. That's all we've got to do. Diarrhea will be done in 15 minutes. I know how this goes. <laughs> yes, I've been there, done that. You know, I, minutes, people. I'll make a promise right now. I'm not going to start masturbating on the Zoom call. That's not my thing. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'd promise, but promise is a strong word. But I'll try my hardest not to do it. Um, I never once masturbated on zoom when i did the show with harrison and i kind of suspect that might have been the reason he left but i'm not sure about that (laughs) i don't know um (laughs) as if he'd ever want to see that um yay never say never the one thing though i was thinking about this i wonder if this is going to start some kind of zoom panic like the satanic panic of the 80s like everyone's like you you know you're in a room with a bunch of your coworkers, and i wonder if women are just like just waiting for the moment that a dick's going to come out on screen and like their coworkers are going to start whacking. Don't be so sexist. Women wank too. How do you know that women aren't wanking on Zoom? Yeah, but I don't think any guys would be horrified by that. Well, it depends on the woman. (laughs) It depends on the woman. You know what I'm going to start doing? I was thinking about this. Um, Maybe I was overthinking it. But I was wondering, like, when I'm in, when I'm doing Zoom calls with my coworkers, that's pretty much what I do all day. I'm in just different Zoom meetings all day, and I do like a different. I I get wacky backgrounds, like from The Shining or from uh, uh, Twin Peaks or something. But some people like make their own video backgrounds. Like I saw some guy, one of my coworkers, um, he got the idea from the internet, but he had a video of him coming in and giving himself coffee, and then walking <laughs> out of the room. So I was wondering yeah. if I could just like do a video of my background, but throw in like little snippets, you know, like of a guy coming on GI Joe for a couple for like a second, you know, like little subliminal messages, uh-huh. and see if I can make someone masturbate. Did <laughs> <laughs> they do that in plan. Fight Club? Remember, yeah, like, yeah, Brad Pitt was Club. splicing in like porn scenes and like fucking Lion King or something. You could put satanic imagery behind it for sure. Ooh, that's a, that's a, you know, maybe I should do that. But like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like like images of Satan. That's better than a guy coming on a GI Joe, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that working. <laughs> anyway, coming on figurines is as much as I tried to get this to be the topic of this week's show. Kate was like, I don't want to talk about that for forty minutes. I don't know why, but I was like, okay. Um, so this week we're going to talk about the uh, uh, Italian satanic murder gang, Beasts of Satan. Which I think, Excellent. I'm hoping there's a band named that. Like, I know they were a band, but there should be like Beasts of Satan 2. Because it's such a great metal band name. <gasps> Do you know what? Beasts of Satan 2 is actually a really good band name. Like do? I like, like the it. French? Like D-E-U-X or 2? Well, before we called the band Asian Babes, we were going to be called The Beatles 2. The Beatles 2. Asian, the Beatles 2, but then we chose Asian Babes instead. But... 
Oh, yeah, Beast of Satan 2 is good. I like Plus, it. Not to mention, like, Beast of Satan would just look rad on the back of your jean jacket, you know, like embroidered. Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. So uh, they were a death metal band. This was like circa 1996 to 2004, 2005. Um, you know, my old Rampage radio show that we did in the early aughts, we covered this because it was like the trial was going on during that time. And, yeah, and it I was death metal. It. And like we actually played their band. You know, I found, the, I found a clip of their band, but we played the band on the show. And it's, yeah, it's heavy. I mean, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like straight up death metal. Which, I mean, I, I like death metal, but especially at the time. Well, I'm not like, it's not like I put it on all the time, but there are certain standout bands I listen to. I'm not like, you know, there's a, I, I work with a guy that's in a death metal band. He's always recommending bands. I, I can't even read the title of the band. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, not, they're sick. Yeah, I'm not so much into the modern ones, but the ones that are of the time, I really still enjoy. And like, they're groovy. Yeah, they're I still love, like, good. I love Deicide. I still listen to Deicide. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I liked uh, Entombed, uh, Left Hand Path. That's a fun, great record. Cannibal Corpse. Entombed are great. Yeah, yeah Cannibal, Cannibal Corpse. Corpse are fantastic. They're really funny. I like them. Um, th- th- there's also a band from uh, the East Coast in the States here. Suffocation was one of my favorite death metal bands. But, you know, at the time, I think I was more into black metal. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I never got I like too a into... mix of both. Were you into Grindcore? Did you ever get into that? No, Grandcore's a bit too, like, a bit too boy for me. <laughs> boy, like, I don't even know what it is. a bit too boy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, boys listen to Grindcore. Um, here, this band, uh, probably one of the heaviest bands we played. The one thing I did like about this band, they're called Mortician. I think they're from Florida. Uh, but Mortician used to do a lot of clips from True Crime in between their, like, I don't know, one minute and 14 second burst of heavy metal, <laughs> death metal. Yes. But listen to, yeah. uh, listen to how heavy this, this band is. I wonder if, uh, maybe you should try singing like this in Asian Babes or Goldie Dawn. Can you even hear his voice? No, I can't really hear it. It sounds like it's underwater. It's it's so heavy, you can't even hear his voice. Yeah. It almost sounds like a pig, like a pig, like making a noise, yeah. like a, a so guttural and so deep. It's like it's it it basically just sounds like noise. Do you know it is a talent to sing like that to to do How that do and not do to that? wreck your voice. It's just training. Like anyone can sing, it's just through training. Yeah, I suppose. So, uh, Beasts of Satan were a death metal band from Milan, northern Italy, which had a huge metal scene uh, back then. I don't know if it still does, but they did have a pretty significant scene. And they shared members with another band called Ferocity. So, one of the uh, victims that died was the lead singer of Ferocity that joined Beasts of Satan. Like, they're just all kind of incestuous bands. And they were like a murderous satanic cult. They're not only a band. You know, they, uh, they were also a satanic cult who had been butchering and sacrificially killing people since 1998. Um, if you're going to do it, go all the way. Possibly before, but the first proven murder was a double homicide in 1998. So here's their band, Ferocity. Also pretty uh, death. Not as, not as heavy as Mortician. Um, a little more melodic. If some, uh, it's kind of got that like one minute long, like really slow intro. Plays creepy sound. Mm-hmm. 
kind of sounds a little more like Cannibal Corpse. But they have yeah. like uh, creepy intros, which Cannibal Corpse is just like straight, just in your face heaviness. Um, but yeah, so uh, so this band had been supposedly killing people since 1998, possibly before. And they just, you know, were playing heavy metal music, having satanic rituals, murdering people, some sacrificial killings every now and then. And then one day, a fateful car accident in 2004 caused everything to unfold. It is kind of insane how, uh, like, this one incident pretty much just opened the lid on, like, just all these gruesome murders. This sounds exactly like what I was doing at 15, just not with all the murder. Or were you in a death metal band? One of my first ever bands was not death metal. It was new metal, sadly. <laughs> you were in like a Limp Bizkit <laughs> cover band? We covered Deftones and bands like that. And Marilyn Manson, I was the singer. So well, I have been of a singer in a new metal band. Of the time, very of the time. Yeah, but. that's of the time. Although it would be great if you did like, did you, you never did all for the nookie? We did um, Faith. We did do Limp Oh, Biscuits okay. Limp Biscuit's Faith. Yeah. Did yeah. you wear like those really big pants, those baggy pants? I did. I had big black baggy cords and I used to cut up striped tights and I'd wear them like on my arms with um, a band t-shirt over it. God, that was such a bleak period of music for music back then, you know? Because <laughs> I mean, the early 90s period. had like, you know, a movement, the grunge movement. There were like bands mm-hmm. that came out. They're still, you know heralded today but like those bands from like 1998 you're just like i just want to forget about that era of music. i do as well there's nothing more sexist than new metal either it's like probably the most sexist of all the oh, musical God. genres yeah it's awful although deftones i think was a little bit better than some of the other ones a little bit but a yeah. little bit a wee bit a better bit. maybe because they're from a sacramento wee. so in january 2004 the police were called to the scene of a car accident Officers identified Elisabetta Bellarin as the driver of this wrecked vehicle. And there's another vehicle on the scene that belonged to Bellarin's uh, fiance, and Andrea Volpe, who's a man, Andrea Volpe. You know, they, all these guys have uh, Italian names, obviously, because they're Italian. I and I'm going to butcher these it, names. Yeah, say it in an Italiano accent. Do uh, the like, finger thing. Like as Mario? you say the name. <laughs> yeah, Andrea. Luigi? Andrea yeah. Volpe. Um, hey, it sounds better. He had been following <laughs> behind Bellarin when the accident occurred. It turns out the car that she had been driving um, belonged to a 27-year-old shop clerk and former girlfriend of Andrea Volpi, Mariangela <laughs> Pezzotta. Um, that night, Volpi convinced Pezzotta to meet him and Bellarin in order for her to return a recording of his band's concert. So she had like a... I don't know, like a demo tape or something. Well, not demo tape. What is that? When you uh, bootleg. She had a bootleg of their band. Yeah. And um, he was like, I want that bootleg back, bitch. Bitch. Um, <laughs> convinced that she knew too much about the activities of the Beast of Satan, the couple, Bellarin and uh, Volpe, decided they're going to have to take care of her. So really, it was a, you know, a pretense, like, oh, I want this uh, bootleg back. But really, they're like, we're going to have to whack this, this, this woman. Mm-hmm. So uh, when she showed up, they just shot her in the face at close range. So and both of them did. And the pair were stunned to see that the young woman, Pizzota here, still clung to life. Like, they didn't kill her. I wonder so, what type of gun they used then. 
Well, I think it said uh, one guy, uh, he had a rifle. Yeah. And, uh, right. Yeah. And like they shot him, they shot her with a rifle, but it, it didn't kill her. I don't know. I mean, maybe one bullet oh, man, doesn't you know always what? do the trick. Being shot in the face and surviving, I'd rather just die. <laughs> I guess it depends. What if you get like a cool eye patch? Yeah, but still, you're like you're gonna be like it's gonna come with all the complications of being shot in the face. I, you just you know have what? Stroke face, like half your side, like won't work, <laughs> and it's never face. sexy. No, it's not sexy. You ever just, make just out with someone me. who had a stroke? Not yet. <laughs> One day, it's on my I, list. <laughs> I haven't either, but I thought about it. Um, <laughs> so the the pair were stunned. They're like, she's still living. So in a panic. They called another beast of Satan associate, Nicola Sapone. And Sapone arrived on the scene with a shovel, angrily remarking to the couple, you can't even kill a person. <laughs> and so he then took the shovel and just started smashing her in the head until she was oh finally my word. dead. Like she's roadkill. Well, I mean, it does the trick. It's, you know. It will, well, yeah, it will do the trick if she's still alive. You just take a shovel. <laughs> Are you sure you how? <laughs> and so um, he then had Volpe and Bellerin dig a makeshift grave, and uh, they just buried and buried her in the grave, possibly still alive. But I mean, he did just bludgeon her with a shovel. I was um, having Joe Pesci in Casino flashbacks just then, thinking like I would just have thrown her in the grave alive. Like what the fuck? Just do it. Just be evil. If you're I gonna love- be evil. Be evil. I love that scene in uh, Goodfellas and Billy Bats is in the trunk and they open up the trunk. He's still alive. He just takes a knife and just like stabs yeah, him like 30 times. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And the smell as well. Yeah, um, is it that or is that Casino? No, that was Goodfellas. Because they had yeah. to dig him up later and move him because there's like a housing That's development. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love so Ray Liotta. At the time, Volpe and B- Bellarin were heavily intoxicated. So that might be why they called uh, Sapone. Uh, the pair then decided we got to ditch Pizzotta's car because now they have her car, they're going to get rid of the evidence. So they were planning on driving into a river, but instead, Ballerine was so drunk that she crashed the vehicle and she passed out inside of the vehicle. So when police arrived at the scene, they were like, okay, why are you driving this car that doesn't belong to you? And they just kind of thought, oh, maybe she murdered the owner and took the car. And they just, you know, this is just a simple open shut murder case. Little did they know that what they were going to find out was like one of the most bizarre and gruesome murder cases that Italy had ever faced. That's how they caught Bobby Beausoleil as well for the In Gary Hinman murder. It, he'd stolen Gary Hinman's car and he was trying to get away from the Manson family, but he like pulled over and had a sleep and the police were looking for that car because of the Gary Hinman murder. And so they arrested him. So the moral of the story is if you're going to steal a car after a murder, don't sleep in this fucking car. Carry on. She was drunk and she like smashed it. Was he, did he just pull over on the side of the road and just take a little nap? A little nappy poo? Just take a little nap. A little nap, yeah. A little nappy poo, huh? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta finish the job, you know? Yeah. Uh, But what I thought was weird about this is this was one of the most bizarre and gruesome murder cases. What about all the mafia murders in Sicily? They're like cutting the heads off of horses and doing horrible things. Like, isn't that gruesome? Yeah, but the police are, um, I guess um, they're in on it, right? They're in on it. They're bought out, aren't they? And yeah. plus, by 96, I actually think the last mafia murder happened in Italy in 1994. I'm I sure think. they're still murdering people. We're just not finding there's out been, about it. 
a few, but there was a very famous case where a priest was shot by the mafia, and since that, the people of Sicily turned against the mafia. But oh. I think it was around 94. You hmm. should cover it one day on the podcast. It's a good story. So um, what ended up happening, the police were able to connect this, uh, this recent murder of Pazoda to some of these other unsolved cases. And the reason being, it all came down to uh, a man named... I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but I'm just going to say Michael Tallis. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Michelle Tallis? I don't know how it is. Italian for Michael. Michelle Tallis. He was the father of one of the victims. And this guy had spent six years investigating his son's disappearance. So his son, Fabio. Now, that's a name I can pronounce without any problems. (laughs) Fabio Tallis. He was 16 years old. He disappeared with his girlfriend, Chiara Marino. Um, the parents were told that they just ran off and eloped. So the, so everyone was just like, all right, I guess they just took off. But the father, um, Michel Tolis, he refused to accept this explanation. And so the next six years, he spent pursuing the truth. And this guy, wow. I mean, he went deep cover. Like he was going to heavy metal music festivals across Europe, like Vakken and uh, all sorts of festivals, where he passed out flyers And uh, he was interviewing people on Satanism because he felt that Satanism played a crucial role in part of his son's disappearance. Imagine all the cool bands that he actually saw and didn't give a shit about in that time. I wonder wonder if he got like, you know, if he went full on deep cover, like if he, you know, was like death metal dad, he was like doing whippets, listening to deicide with all the metal heads. You know, wearing like did. a jean vest with a morbid angel back patch. Like, I wonder how, Dancing. how, like, yeah. yeah, like how, how much you got into it, you know? Um, but yeah, I guess uh, the, the girlfriend, Chiara Marino, she had a bedroom that was just filled with satanic literature and paraphernalia. Like, she was into it black candles, goat horns. Um, the father says, Sexy. No one can contradict me when I say that heavy metal and Satanism are closely linked. And so he soon found out from interviewing people and, and passing out flyers and things like that, that uh, Beasts of Satan's brand of homegrown Satanism included strange rituals and human sacrifice. Of course it did. Well, I mean, where do they get the subject matter for their fine music? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, Mikkel, the father here, Fabio's father, saw the news of Volpe's arrest uh, for the murder of Pazotta. And so he thought, well, this is weird. My son played in the band with Volpe. So he contacted Mm. the authorities and he said, I know something about Fabio and Marino. And so the investigator, Enzo Molinari, um, sounds like some kind of dish at the Olive Garden. Um, (laughs) I will take the Molinari. Would you like some cheese on that? (laughs) It was a strange story, the one Michel Tolis told. But he didn't just tell a story. He backed it up with a convincing body of paperwork, photographs, newspaper clippings, like connections that he had gathered over the past six years. I mean, this guy, by himself, carried out like an amateur true crime like investigation on the disappearance of his son and his son's girlfriend. It kind of reminded me... I would love to see this file. Yeah, well, it reminded me of uh, that meme of Charlie Day. You know the one I'm talking about? It's always sunny. And he's got, like, all these photographs and, like, you know, string going to thumbtacks and pushpins. 
Like, I bet you this guy's basement was just like a whole wall devoted to the disappearance of his son. Um, oh, it's nice that he cares so much. I don't think my parents would have cared <laughs> this like, much. They certainly wouldn't have. They're like, they not our like, problem yeah, anymore. Yeah, it would have been like, yeah, we expected this from her. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the rabbi, I'd like to think the rabbi would have like done his full investigation. You know, maybe made mm-hmm. a couple golems to go find me. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, Michelle's story led police to question Volpe about the disappearance of Fabio and Marino. And this guy admitted to murdering the two and even took police to the grave. You know, this guy folds rather easily. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, Foxy Noxy, she didn't give up shit. She even went to Italian prison. This guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I killed him. Yeah, it's, it's very uncool of him. Well, very satan like He would have been whacked by the mafia if he was in the mafia. You know? Yeah, he would have been. That world like of mafia snitch. doesn't let in pussies, Rats. does he? He's just a pussy. Yeah, I mean, this guy just, I mean, you know what probably happened? He's young, and they're just like, you know, we'll give you a reduced sentence if you uh, give mm-hmm. us give us up some evidence. So he uh, uh, confessed to the murder of Pizzotta, and then he um, cooperated with the disappearance of uh, Fabio Tellis and Chiara Marino. He led police to the site that the group had buried their bodies. So he said that the couple had been killed as part of a satanic ritual, a sacrifice. They thought that Chiara Marino was the reincarnation of the Virgin Mary. Oh, okay. And so that's why they, uh, (laughs) I I don't know what they put the connection because she definitely wasn't a virgin. Did she look just like her? Yeah, did she look just like her? (laughs) I don't know what it was. Like someone was just like, you know what? I think she's the Virgin Mary. They're like, let's kill her. Um, (laughs) Did the Holy Ghost come in her as well? You know what it was? It was a suggestion of fellow Beast of Satan member Mario Maccioni. Mario, Mario. he considered himself a uh, psychic. And so he thought he could like, he had like, you know, a third sense, like he had, uh, had, had spiritual visions. So he said that she was the Virgin Mary. And so, um, Volpe and then the other group members were like, all right, she needs to be sacrificed as an offering to Satan. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I do like that though. You know, praise Satan, hail him. But the re- I think this is the real reason, kind of like the similar to, uh, you know, Euronymous, Euronymous murder by Varg. Tolis, mm-hmm. Fabio Tolis was a singer in the band, and his loyalties to the group apparently came into question. Um, I guess they were arguing, yeah, they thought that he didn't want to be a part of the band, he wasn't into the whole Satan murders. They also thought he was complaining about the money, you know, that the band was making. So, um, mm-hmm. what, yeah, this so, all breaks bands up. It yeah, does, and I think uh, they're just like, we're going to have to take care of this guy. Not to mention his girlfriend's the Virgin Mary. So uh, let's just sacrifice him to Satan. <laughs> so the first attempt on the lives of Tolis and Marino was unsuccessful. So the Beast of Satan tried to murder them a couple times. This is on New Year's Eve, 1997. They're like, you know what? We're going to take care of them. And they tried to burn the couple alive while they were in a car. Uh, wow. But they survived this first murder plot, unaware that their friends had been behind the fire, but they escaped with just minor injuries. But the second attempt was in 1998. This required a bit more planning on the Beast of Satan's part. Uh, this is also the last time the couple would ever be seen alive. So everybody was chilling, drinking some beer, listening to heavy metal music at the Midnight Pub. This is a uh, heavy metal ba- uh, bar in uh, Milan. I actually looked it up. It's still there. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah, I want to check it out. I don't, I mean, it's the address is still there. I don't know. I, I kind of did Street View. And it looked yeah. like a bar, but didn't look like a heavy metal establishment. However, a lot of bars in these, like in Istanbul and things like mm. that, you wouldn't think, you know, it's not like they're like painted black with devil horns outside. It just looks like a regular bar, but they play heavy metal inside. I've heard that. Um, I've been to lots of places in Italy, but I've heard that Milan is a real party town. It's a real drinker's town. So I'm going to put it on the list after COVID. Well, I'm first, go there. first pub would be the Midnight Pub. Listen mm-hmm. to some Dio, drink some beer, commit some sacrifices. <laughs> so uh, several members of the Beast of Satan invited the couple to continue the party after the bar closed in a patch of woods just outside of town. The couple were like, all right, let's go party with these guys. Because they're all friends. I mean, they'd been hanging out with them. He was the lead singer of the band. We used to do that as well. We used to be at the pub and because we lived in a kind of ruralish area, you would just go to the woods to carry it on. Why not? It's summer, nice weather. It's, I mean, that's kind of what we did in Michigan because, uh, you know, we we're in high school. You just get a, we called it a party ball. I don't know if you guys have this yeah. over in, in the UK. It was just basically like a ball of just shitty beer, like natural light or something, like natty light. And we'd, everybody would like, chip in a couple bucks and you just have like red cups. And we'd just be, mm-hmm. we'd pick an area in the woods that everyone would meet at. And then inevitably the cops would come and there was just a mad chase through the woods. Yeah, no, the, the cops never came to our, okay, to the our cops raves. Always, the cops always busted up. These, I would say they're raves. It was, it was more, I think it was more along the lines of dazed and confused, like the party that they had mm-hmm. in the woods. Yeah. That's what we did. Um, so the couple arrives in the woods and Marino would be the first to be attacked. Uh, they just went, ran up to her and just started stabbing her. And when, uh, Tolis saw that they were stabbing his girlfriend, he tried to fight the rest of the group. But at this point, another one of the group members took a hammer, I think it was Volpe and just started smashing Tolis in the head. So smashed face. Yeah. Cannibal corpse. So, uh, the couple's shallow grave had already been dug. So, I mean, that's got to be a bit foreboding. When you show up to go party in the woods, you're like, why do we have a grave here built for two? This is yeah. weird. Why is it so shallow? <laughs> you're gonna, they're going to catch you. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it like, deeper. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when uh, the, since the, the grave is already uh, dug in advance, they just shoved the two bodies in the ground and covered them with dirt. Uh, the group. And how old were they? They were, must have been young. Yeah, sixteen and like eighteen. Oof. Yeah, uh, Fabio was only sixteen. Uh, the group at, then like uh, covered the grave in dirt, and then they danced upon the grave, chanting, "Now you're both zombies. Try to get out of this hole if you dare." And, then <laughs> and one, now you are both zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and then one guy took a piss all over the grave. Oh, um, even better! Like that's just the icing on the cake, isn't it? But again, yeah. if you're gonna be evil. You might as well go all the way evil. I mean, that's what you do. So, uh, you know, at, at this point, like, up, this is 1998. It's 2004 now. Everybody just thought that the couple had fled. I mean, no one's going to, mm-hmm. I, I guess they don't go and look in the woods. No one even knew that they partied there. Um, but, I mean, it was a, this was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. I mean, they said that uh, they used a knife and a spade to repeatedly stab Marino. Oh, nasty. Using yeah. a spade as well. Even using a spade. And uh, so after uh, Volpe confessed, he, he led the uh, you know, detectives to the spot. And uh, even though the remains were six years old, forensic archaeologists were able to find the knife, bits of the broken spade, um, tattered clothing, and they found the skeletons. 
you know, probably still wearing their metal cuffs, their yeah. spike cuffs. Their battle um, vests. Yeah, yeah, their battle vests. Uh, they're able to pinpoint the wounds on the bones. And so the thing is that, you know, here you can easily pinpoint the murders on these guys, these ruthless murderers, uh, because obviously you have physical evidence. You have the, the skeletons, you have the wound marks, you know, this guy's confessing. But to prove that it's a pact with the devil, that's going to be difficult. So, you know, here the prosecutors are saying, you know, they're, they're in, you know, in, in league with Satan and they're committing, you know, sacrifices to him. But the, def the defense attorneys were like, no, we're going to go with the insanity route and say that everybody was so high on LSD, they had no idea what they're doing. Oh, naturally, blame the LSD. What is this, the 1960s? Well, that's what I was thinking. The LSD defense never works. Look how, look how well it worked for the Manson family. You know? Yeah, it just never works. Yeah, so, why are people still doing it? Yeah, so uh, the whole group got taken down. All the members. In addition to Volpi, Bellarine, you had Mario Maccioni, Nicola Saponi, Pietro Gutierrez. I'm not going to read the rest of the names, but you get the idea. Oh. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're all I charged getting, I was getting into it then. <laughs> for the roles in the murders. Saponi, who's the guy that beat uh, Pizzotto with a shovel, he received the harshest sentence because he was considered the group's leader and the mastermind behind all the murders. Uh, he's, he was sentenced to life in prison, which is like the harshest penalty under Italian law. Um, I Volpe, bet in Italy, life is life as well. I bet you're, you're, you are no not parole. getting out. Yeah. Uh, Volpe, uh, who was tied to all three murders, received a reduced sentence for cooperation. And so he uh, got 30 years. So he's probably still in prison now. Uh, Ballerine, who was only a teenager at the time, got 24 to 30 years. But she got uh, she was out granted parole in 2017. I wonder how uh, well, she walks amongst us. Yeah, I wonder how she was able to uh, adapt to being in society again. Um, I don't know if I'd hire her. Maybe. I guess. Uh, Maybe. Well, it's an interesting story. Oh, it is. Like, uh, yeah. The other guys, everybody else got between 24 to 30 years in prison. But Mario Maccioni, the psychic, would be the only member to have his charges dropped. Even in spite of what? his confession and cooperation with the police, they said he just had a minor role and he actually never really committed any of the murders. He seems like the one who was instigating it, though, by saying that, she, oh, she's a Virgin Mary. He's like stirring the porridge. He yeah. should have had a, a 10 years or something just for being a lousy gossip <laughs> and for being a shit psychic. <laughs> That's how I'd have given him a slap on the wrist for that, for sure. I can't believe he didn't get at least like a couple years or something. Um, yeah, it takes the piss a bit. So at the time, uh, they, they tried to link the, the, the band to uh, other unsolved cases. Uh, one, one thing they said that they, they accused the sect members of uh, pushing their drummer, the original drummer, Andrea Bantada, to uh, commit suicide because he refused to join in the murders. Uh, the guy, I guess, in 1998 drank heavily and killed himself by crashing his car. I mean, I don't know if that sounds spurious. Uh, but there were 14 uh, other unsolved cases around the same time, same area. Mm. You know, suicides, alleged suicides, disappearances, and violent deaths that the uh, Italian police tried to attribute to the gang. And so there's a number of uh, people between the ages of 18 to uh, 28 that all disappeared mysteriously. Um, but so anyway, at the time, though... There was like this whole background of growing concern in Italy that Satanism and the occult were becoming increasingly attractive to Italian youth. So it's almost like the satanic panic of the 80s 
in the States finally hit the state, you know, Italy. And so now like mm-hmm. the mid 90s, you're having like a whole satanic panic reaction craze, kind of like what we had in the 80s. Did the UK ever experience any kind of satanic panic where they're trying to ban heavy metal music or death metal? Oh, yeah, totally. It was like, it all happened. Well, there was the satanic panic of the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, wasn't there? Because the 90s was all about Marilyn Manson. Oh, in the, in the UK? Like, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was like that, but I remember he was very much like a figurehead, wasn't he? And there was the whole Columbine and all of that. Oh, I here, that I mean, here later. it was too, like violence and mm-hmm. music and things like that. So it was, yeah, it would have been happening around the same time. It was the glory years. All the true crime documentaries from around like 94 to 97 are amazing. I have a massive like cache of them. I love well, I them. Think, you know, I think these countries that have this like underlying religious um, obsession, kind of like the U.S. And, you know, I mean, we have like religion mm. sort of dictates a lot of our laws. I think it's easy for them to freak out about Satanism. I just find it weird that, you know, Italy, I mean, they must have had like, a, a, you know, a concern about Satanism before the 90s. When, you know, actually 2000s when this was happening. They probably still have a concern. It's a Catholic, it's like the head of the Catholic countries, isn't it? The Vatican is there. They probably still believe in Satan and guess, that he can control us. Yeah, I mean, I guess they never probably thought that their their youth would become obsessed with Satan and join death metal bands and things like that. But in reaction to the crimes, a priest here, Donaldo Benito, called, uh, called for death metal to be banned in the country of Italy, saying the music makes itself an instrument of nefarious deeds and death, and it has to be stopped. So well, no he's making it sound corpse. rather alluring <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> so now the Vatican responded by offering a class on Satanism. So uh, in the wake of the murders, the Vatican's like, all right, we're going to have a course for priests and novices about the phenomenon of Satanism. And so they had a whole like um, uh, curriculum set at the Regina Apostolorum, which is a pontifical university in Rome. It was taught by a priest named Carlo Clamati. It was the history, theology, and sociology of Satanism, black magic, and the healing power of exorcism. Yeah, no, it sounds kind of cool. Yeah, interesting. Um, because he said there's a growing interest in satanic cults among the youth, he's like, you know, they, they find out about it on the internet and listening, listening to it in music. Um, you know, it was difficult to find out about Satanism before the internet, but now it's really easy. So what he wanted to do is teach a a course where priests could learn how to understand and detect Satanism and learn how to combat it, you know, because parents were suspicious of their kids being into Satanism satanic music you know it made me think of uh my friend p-town when he he said when he was like i don't know 13 or 14 he got a shirt of a uh, butchered by birth you know that cannibal corpse cover where it's just yeah, like a yeah. bunch of dead babies <laughs> i think it was yeah yes. like he was like 14 or 15 and so he's like wearing this shirt and his mom was just horrified she, she took, she made him take the shirt off, gave the shirt to, to her and she like confiscated the shirt. And he said like, he, I don't know, he's, he's like, I just waited a couple months and just went to a room and just took it out of her nightstand. But I was thinking like the rabbi and my mom, they never gave a shit what I listened to or what horror my movies parents, I watched. Yeah. My parents didn't either. And I had, cause I was also an edgy teen. I had that cradle of filth t-shirt that said cunt on the back. <laughs> And I was 15 wearing that. 
Um, and I never got told to not wear that or to stop wearing that. But did you wear I that played... to like Christmas dinner? <laughs> no, we never had Christmas dinners in our family. But <laughs> if I, the one band that actually really, really annoyed my dad, and I don't know why, was the Damned. Whenever I put the, the Damned, damned. On, he'd be like, yeah, he'd be like, turn that down. I'd be like, the Damned. They're so like dancey and catchy, but he just did not like the Damned. What about I think when you put cause... Cannibal Corpse on? <laughs> um, He's like, no, this is catchy. I can as, groove to this. <laughs> not as offensive as Eloise by the Damned, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that makes no sense. Um, so during this time, because there's this whole satanic panic, police were trying to ascribe any murder, you know, connect any unsolved murder to this beast of Satan gang. So they felt like they started looking into the occult. And uh, they said that the moon plays an important role and dictating when certain rituals take place. And Marino and Tullis were both murdered under a full moon. Maybe that's coincidental. Yeah, maybe that's coincidental. So um, investigators made a connection between phases of the moon and the occult and satanic rituals, and they started combing through cases that were found to happen around or near a new uh, full moon. So they found out about a murder of Madalena Russo, and this is in 1985, September 13th, 1985. Her body was found mutilated and abused. But the date, and they were trying, I mean, they were trying to connect this to, uh, you know, the Beast of Satan members, mm-hmm. but the date doesn't make any sense. 1985, because Volpe was born in 76 and, and Saponi was born in 77. So that means they would have been nine and eight, respectively. At that time. Evil children of Satan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Evil children of Satan. Little children of the corn here, just murdering, ritually murdering uh, women in the streets of Italy. But I think what it comes down to, though, you know, it's like, obviously there's a hysteria of Satanism because you don't understand it. But I think what it comes down to is drugs, you know, and, and teen angst played as much of a role in these killings as, quote, Satan did. You know? Yeah, I think that's all it really was. I don't think there's... Well, obviously, Satanism kind of denounces murder, doesn't it? So they're not Satanists at all in well, any way I mean, whatsoever. Yeah, but they're I just getting they... help in the whole thing, which is like what happened with like Euronymous as well. You just get caught up in it. Well, they say that uh, Northern Italy was home to a lot more dis- disaffected youth than Southern Italy. I mean, there's uh, family structures weaker... Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's urban housing projects and things like that, work pressures. And so uh, there was a lot of like alienation, loneliness, um, divorce rate was high, a lot of poor people. So I think it was easy for the kids to kind of gravitate to like hanging out with each other, you know, take a lot of drugs. And then, yeah, you listen to death metal and it's, it was almost like a cartoonish understanding yeah. or comprehension of Satanism. You know, it's not, this it's not like the church of Satan. Yeah. This is like me, but without the murder. I was in like the same scene at the same time doing the same things. And, you know, I, I, I could see myself because at the time, you know, in uh, like probably towards the uh, end of high school, like college, I was so into metal then. I mean, we used to like go out in the middle of the woods. We used to go to this like abandoned uh, psychiatric center and just like blasting Slayer and hanging out and nice. like, spray painting the walls and things like that. I think I would have had the sense to be like, yeah, we're not going to be killing people. OK, this whole Satanism thing. Yeah, me too. If somebody said, you know, she's the Virgin Mary reincarnated, I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I would have done that. But I could see how you could kind of get swept up into the scene and just like these guys are your friends, and you're hanging out. 
Um, one of the other uh, ways that they also pinned the crime on um, on Volpe in particular was this guy kept like a uh, assiduously updated the diary with all of his notes. And then, you know, and he had all these references to ritualistic bathing in the blood of the victims. <laughs> but my favorite right. thing, my favorite quote that he had from it is, we are wicked individuals. We plague the people and we play with their lives. We know no pity. Pitiless, we will eliminate and cleanse, donating the ash of our enemies to he who sits on the throne. God, I hope nobody ever reads my diaries. <laughs> is it like that? Is it similar? <laughs> Yeah, that's I wrote that like two nights ago. I can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, Beast of Satan 2 should be the name of your next band. People, this is episode 762 here, Sick and Wrong. Uh, we have some news stories coming up next. We have some phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hey, guys, it's Stephen again. Just calling from heaven through a miracle of cybernetic processes. Just to say, thanks for creating your Patreon page. I love to kick back and smoke a fat one with my boy Carl Sagan. While we listen to the extra phone calls and stories we get all the time. Anyway, talk soon. Love you. Bye. So both the news stories we have here are tales of motherhood. Each very different from each other. Different motherhood experiences. Um, I don't know if either one are a desirable motherhood experience, um, but the stories of motherhood. She probably should have saved this for Mother's Day. The first one <laughs> is uh, about a mom who tried to gas her two children by putting disposable barbecues under their beds. Disposable barbecues. Well, I, I was trying to think about that. What is a disposable barbecue? In the in the U.S., barbecues are massive. That's like a that's the way a guy like you know makes up for his tiny manhood. You know, it's like he <laughs> well, a, has them, a truck and a big massive barbecue. Well, you call them grills. Grills, yeah, you grills. Mean, yeah, you're right. So you don't have disposable barbecues. Like you, you can buy them in the supermarkets here. But I don't get what is it just like a little tiny grill, like a little miniature yeah. grill for yeah, hobbits? Yeah, in a way, they're like yeah, <laughs> they're in little like tin trays with some charcoal in it, and then like a little grill on top, and then yeah, they're enough to do one afternoon's worth of grilling on, and then you just chuck them away. But what, why not buy a grill, like a real grill that you can use again? Yeah, but you've got to maintain a grill. And come it's not on, that fucking you've hard. been to England. You know that there's one week a year here that we have good weather. One week a year. So what's the point in buying a barbecue that's going to sit outside and rust that you can only use once? And they're a bitch to clean. Get disposable <laughs> ones. Kill the environment. So is that what you guys do? One. Like that one week a year, you go over to like Black <laughs> Lake in your caravan and you get your disposable <laughs> <Black> barbecues? <laughs> Go, go fishing for old Greg. Is that, is yeah. <laughs> so this woman had the brilliant idea of trying to gas her two kids to death with disposable <laughs> barbecues after she became overwhelmed by financial and family issues. Her name's Lisa Walmsley, 51 years old. She lit these camp burners. Is that the other name for these things? Camp burners? 
No, a camp burner is something different, isn't it? A camp burner is like the little stoves, the little gla- gas like stoves that you take camping. That, I, to I me, am so fucking dis- confused. And a disposable <laughs> barbecue is something else. So she must be using both things. Well, Although, okay, why would you di- ever use a disposable barbecue? I, I just don't understand. what. So the camp burner is a little gas oven, like a gas stove? Yeah, you know what they are. And you can like put a pan on top of it and you can like fry up some eggs or whatever when you're camping. All right. And the disposable barbecue has like charcoal in it? Yeah. And it creates a mass amount of smoke. Yeah. I don't know if this woman knew the difference. It's fucking mental. Let me go on here. So she lit these camp burners that she had hidden under the beds of her sons because they keep saying like gas her two kids. So you think her sons would be like, you know, 10 and 12. No, Lewis is 20 and Callum is 21. They're not, they're Whoa. not kids. They're adults. And they're still sharing a bedroom. Well, no, they had separate bedrooms, but. Oh, did they? So she had to buy all these extra. <laughs> disposable barbecues. Yeah. To gas them. Oh God. She had a busy night that night. Didn't she? Having to light all these disposable barbecues. Yeah. It was very talented actually. Um, <laughs> Callum here had mental health difficulties, and I guess the mom had been struggling to cope with him. Um, you know, he had acting out and things like that. And plus, it sounds like he's a burden. The guy's 21. He's mental. He's probably never going to leave his house. So yeah. she was obviously uh, overcome with financial issues, depression. So she had begun researching ways to kill both of her sons and then take her own life to protect the family from further suffering. Why didn't she just use poison? It's, it's not hard to go and get some rat poison from B&M and then just sprinkle that into your soup. Why didn't she just kill herself? Their kids are 21 yeah. and 20. They could survive on their own. They're adults. It's not like they're children. Yeah. If you're wanting to kill, this is, if you're wanting to kill everyone, like do it properly. Don't just be like, hey, I'm going to get some... Who has ever killed anyone using a disposable <laughs> barbecue? Oh, it's creative. What? So this happened at the, uh, at, at once again, one of these English towns. I'm probably going to butcher the name. So she's from Cheadle Home near Stockport, Greater Manchester. Shithole. Oh, is it? Just is rename it. it shit, she's, she's from Shithole. Greater Manchester. Is that like a chavvy area of uh, Manchester? <laughs> Stockport is minging. I don't know about um, che- Cheetle Home. Um, I'm just going to label it as minging. It probably isn't. <laughs> it's minging. <laughs> well, she's admitted attempted murder, and she's been jailed for five years and four months. Um, she's been described by friends as a kind and dedicated mother who only occasionally <laughs> thinks about murdering her offspring. <laughs> Yeah, that's a dedicated to murder. (laughs) She appeared to be leading an idyllic lifestyle, which included yachting trips and visits to a shooting club. So wait a second. You're saying Stockport's a shithole, but they have yachts there? I mean, it doesn't sound that bad. It sounds rather posh. Stockport is a shithole, but maybe she's in like the posh part of the shithole, like yachts and and a shooting club. Right, if she goes to a shooting club... She can obviously shoot a gun. Why doesn't she shoot everyone? Well, are you allowed to take the guns home from the shooting club? It's difficult to get a gun license in the UK, but you can get gun licenses. She could have applied for a gun, got a gun, and they're very expensive too. 
But she I think could have just shot everyone in the house. What is this woman's problem? But I also feel like she's been researching ways to kill her son. Why did she decide, like, disposable barbecues <laughs> is a way to go? Like, seriously? Like, what are you thinking here? Like, did that come up on, like, page 99 of Google? And she was like, it's just crazy enough to work. Well, I think what she was good. Well, I'll get to uh, why she why she chose this way. So I guess she had been suffering a series of challenges in her life. Um, her mother died. Um, her father was sick. Her sister was sick. And then in uh, 2005, she had been on. She sought treatment for depression. She's been on antidepressants um, since 2010, and that was around the same year that her husband Andrew divorced her, leaving her to bring up the two boys alone. I like this guy. Okay. He's like, fuck this. Yeah. I am out. All I'm of you are of fucking mental. This is a fucking okay, yeah. mental nut house. No custody <laughs> battle needed. I'm just done. They're all yours. Fuck off. It's yeah, like, okay. I'm on Andrew's side. Side <laughs> of the divorce. <laughs> yeah, Good no, they, they all sound uh, they all sound great, like great people here. So <laughs> Callum did have mental health issues, including depression, and he had to be talked out of several suicide attempts. This is like the Brady Bunch here. It's just with lots <laughs> of depression. Brady bunch. Yeah, the suicidal <laughs> Brady Bunch. Um, so uh, toward the end of December, this is uh, this past year, the defendant, the defendant, the mother, and Callum started planning how the two of them could commit suicide. So they're in cahoots, these two. Like they had been What's talking about it before. What's again? Lewis. Lewis. Poor fucking Lewis, man. I bet Lewis was like, I wish I'd gone and lived with dad. It's not like he had that option. I don't think Dad wanted Lewis either. Oh, Lewis! Imagine <laughs> having Lewis... to live with these two assholes who were just talking about suicide all the time. Imagine you're just trying to get on with your life. Maybe you've got a job. It's like and living with Morrissey day, or something. He's like living with Morrissey, but with no talent. <laughs> At least Morrissey has some form of talent. But you know what? Lewis is fucking twenty years old. So move the fuck out of your house, Lewis. Go live with your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you can you, you can move. You're over eighteen. Is that is that the yeah. thing in England? Like, do you have to be eighteen? Um, no, you can be sixteen to leave the house if you want. Oh, you can be emancipated at sixteen. You can be if you want. Yeah. Here, it's like if you have a kid, you're required to take care of them to eighteen. Right. You know? Maybe it's different over here. I don't know. I don't. I don't know children laws. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh they're, they they used to you know stay up late at night having a cup of tea and talking about how the different ways the myriad ways to commit suicide and so the mother um, she indicated an idea that she had using a campsite burner to produce fatal levels of carbon monoxide. Okay, I understand her logic, but do you know what else you could also do if you're all wanting to die? Why don't you just set fire to the home and burn to death? Why and burned to death. That's well, fucking yeah. painful. Oh, well, maybe they don't have like a gas in the house, but like a lot of boilers, a gas boilers, just or, disconnect a pipe. Or an oven. Can't you just turn the oven? Or why, why not just go sit in your fucking car with like a hose from the exhaust? You can't do that anymore, can you? There's, they've taken out the, um, unless you've got a vintage car, you can do that. But you can't do yeah, that with go, modern go cars. Yeah, go get a vintage car. Yeah, I, guess, I, get, I, car, then I tried it with my Prius. It just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had no smell and no taste. And it's supposed to be a peaceful death. You just gradually fall asleep and you die. It didn't appear that Lewis ever indicated he wanted to die. 
But the defendant, his mother, was like, I think it's better if the whole family just died at once. You know, it's a oh, family Lewis, time activity. Backbone. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> fuck you, mum. I'm, I'm okay here in my shithole in Stockport. Fuck you. So uh, that night, Lewis made some toast in the kitchen. And he saw his mother pacing up and down as if she was acting kind of anxious. She saw that as an opportunity to go upstairs to his bedroom and light the uh, campfire stove things underneath his bed. She then entered Callum's first floor bedroom, and she placed a couple small burners underneath his bed. But so would you be concerned that maybe your son, you know, might fall asleep, bed lights on fire, and he would just burn to death? Yeah. It's you a, know? That's a nasty way to go, isn't it? It's the opposite of peaceful. You know, it's when she could just poison them. Yeah, exactly. Like, put some, like, fucking in their bangers and mash. Put some fucking arsenic <laughs> or what? I don't know. I mean, you could do whatever. Put, like, some yeah. fucking heroin in their bangers and mash. Um, <laughs> Lewis returned, and it was filled with smoke. His, his whole room. He go, walks back up in his room. He's got his toast. And he's like, what the fuck? My room's all smoky. And it appears to be coming from under his bed. So at first he opened the window, and he yelled for his mom. He's like, what's going on with the, with the, with the smoke in here? And she blamed the smoke on his toast. She's like, your toast is burnt. Oh, oh yeah, mom. Yeah, what? it's like, mom, how big is this fucking piece of toast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this toast produce enough smoke to fucking smoke up the whole fucking room? Does, does it say what type of toast he had? I would like to know what's on his toast. Yeah, once again, journalists just lacking detailed reporting. Because this exactly. is such a key know? piece of reporting that we need to know. Yeah, I'd like to know what's on his toast. I don't know. Come on. <laughs> Fucking rye bread. Who knows? <laughs> if, it was, if it was me, it would be rye bread. Um, I do love rye bread. It is an underrated bread, that is for sure. All the Jews love rye bread. Um, oh, do they? Rye mm. or the Kaiser. I, I, imagine, I imagine there's probably like two Jews in Stockport. I doubt there's any. Well, Manchester probably has some. Um, oh, yeah. So she tried to get Lewis out of the room. And uh, extinguish the fire. But Lewis, who's kind of, Lewis is a bit clever. Seems a bit more clever than the other two are just, you know, obsessed with suicide. He linked this to a threat that she made years before to gas herself and both the children. You know, maybe she was a big, like, Nazi fan. It's sounding like it, but I mean. Just gassing everybody. Yeah, at least the Nazis had, like, you know, a good plan. Hers is very sloppy. I think in like Nazi camp, she'd probably get like not one one point for execution, but that's it. They, she would she would fail. <laughs> Two this thumbs class. down. Two um, thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, yeah, definitely a shoddy plan. Not very well thought out. Um, so he was like this. This woman, obviously, he was probably just used to his mom just always talking about suicide, always going off like you know different ways that she's going to kill the whole family. And he's probably at, at this point so desensitized that he's just like ah whatever. But this time, smelling the smoke, seeing her frantically running around the house with these little campfire ovens, he's like, <laughs> you know, this might be it. Might actually be going on here. This is the end, <laughs> my <laughs> only friend. The end. So he challenged her about the burner. And when she denied it, she's like, what are you talking about? And she went to give him a hug. He just ran off in fear, called his father, and his father's like, call the police immediately. Do you think he'd eaten his toast by this point? <laughs> <laughs> I would have like tried to smack her with it, like throw it at her and just run like a distraction. 
Um, the defendant then uh, opened the other house windows, and Callum at this point got out of bed and was like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Get into the BMW. We're gonna go find Lewis." But once he got into the car, he smelled some kind of weird smell, and he noticed in the back seat there were three lit burners in the vehicle, and they're driving off. And uh, you know the car's filling up with smoke, and he's just like, "What's going on?" And as they're driving along in this BMW that's smelling like smoke, there's burners, lit camp burners in the back seat. She's quiet. She's quiet. It's got to be a little awkward. And then she's, mm-hmm. she looks at him and she goes, why don't we kill ourselves tonight? <laughs> Which has got to be one of the weirdest thing to, things to hear from your mother. You know, that's one of my favorite Dunzig songs. <laughs> what, what uh, Mommy? Why don't we go Let's out and kill, kill tonight? Let's just kill ourselves tonight. <laughs> I just don't even know what you would say in that, you know, I don't even know how you'd respond. And the other thing, how the hell did she get full custody? This woman's like, you know, spoken several times about gassing the whole family. Maybe she got full custody because the dad's like, I don't even want them. I'm starting yeah. a new family. I struck out yeah, with this I'm one. This. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, so she's like, why didn't we kill ourselves, you know, tonight? And Callum's like, yeah, sounds good. I mean, he said he was an emotional mess. He's confused and shocked, but he's like, sounds like a good idea to me. So they spent the next 30 minutes driving around discussing on the best way to end their lives, you know, weighing the pros and cons, you know, you know, pro, you won't have a depressed mother anymore with obsessive homicidal thoughts, con, you won't be living. We're dead. <laughs> yeah, you won't be living. So, I mean, I imagine it was like, you know, a very uh, uh, lively discussion here. Um, she suggested uh, that she gets out of the car while Callum sits in the burner. You know, the burner's burning there in the carbon monoxide, and he could be the first to die. It's like a barbecue on wheels, isn't it? You sit in the barbecue first. It just, and yeah, then I'll just get in the barbecue. But, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me, do you remember the end of the movie, the Stephen King movie, The Mist? Yeah, I, lo- I like that film. I don't want to spoil it, but there was a point where everyone's just like, all right, it's all kind of fucked. What do we do now? And who's going to do it first? Do you remember yeah. that? I'm not going to spoil it mm-hmm. for everybody. But it was like, it made me wonder, like, you know, at, at this point, they're in the car. You know, would you want to do it first or would you want to do it at the same time? This is like all traditional murder suicides, though. I imagine you've got to have the conversation of be like, well, who's going to go first? Or are we just going to count down? Or how's this going to go? Once again, though, it would have been a lot easier, much more streamlined if they had guns. Like if she had a gun, she could just shoot him in the head and then shoot herself in the head. Yeah. Or like I said, poison. Easy peasy. Poison could be painful. You'd have to find the right kind of poison. You would, but if you're sincere and dying, it doesn't really matter. You'll you'll drink bleach to die if you really want to die. Yeah, but it sounds I, you to know, me like she's she wants the drama of dying. She doesn't want to be like, like a Shakespearean you know, she also, kind of death. If she also could have been like, "Come on, sons, got them in. The, we're going to go for a family day out," and she could have just driven them to like a big mountain and just driven off it. I suppose there are many ways she could end it. Um, I, I do yeah. kind of like the campfire way, though. Um, I wonder if they're listening to like campfire music, you know, <laughs> Kumbaya, John Denver, like Kumbaya. Well, it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, 
all the, the, the smoke is filling your lungs and nose. So he's in the car, and the smoke's filling his lungs and nose. It's obviously burning his nose from the inhalation. And so he gets out, and he was coughing, and uh, the burners, you know, either went out or she extinguished them. And so meanwhile, Lewis called the police. Lewis is like, this is fucked up. There is something going, you know, this is not right. You know, something's like fucked Lewis, up Like Lewis, he's got sense to him. He's got a head he's on got, his shoulders, you know? He does, Lewis, yes. Even though I think... I wish I, him well. <laughs> I want to see a picture of them, because I guarantee they have, like, at least one of them has three gold teeth. <laughs> Don't you think so? Um, so, anyway, police arrived at the family home, and they traced Walmsley from her mobile phone signal, and they found the BMW at, like, 4 a.m. And so they noted that within the car the carbon monoxide level was 10 times the fatal limit, which right. is amazing that they didn't even die. Right, yeah. Yeah. And so her initial plan, and this is what they brought up in court, was to light a campsite burner in each of their bedrooms while they were sleeping to produce fatal levels of carbon monoxide and then do the same thing to herself to end this you know, period of depression that she had. But luckily, the actions of Lewis prevented the plan from succeeding, even though the defendant tried a second time to kill herself with her son in the car using the same method. So I wonder, like, how do you think, like, how does this affect future familial relationships, you know, relations? That's true. I bet Chris, well, Christmas doesn't sound like it would have been fun around their house anyways, but I bet it's oh, going to be even less fun now. That must have been a very depressing now. time. Well, oh, you know what's yeah. weird? is uh, both boys have since forgiven their mother following the attempts on their lives. Okay. Right. That's the thing that I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Like if your mother tried several times or at least talked you know, multiple times about killing you and then tried a couple times and failed, would you be like, I don't think we're that close anymore? I would be like, I do not trust you, mother. You'd have and, trust uh, issues? I would have major trust issues with this woman who's going to kill me with barbecues. If she can look at a barbecue and think of it as a murder weapon, what else could she look at as a murder weapon? I'd well, like, she'd like probably everything. kill me with a pencil, like John Wick. Yeah, well, now that is a resourceful killer. Yeah. He could have done this, like, in seconds. Just break their it neck, stab no in the eye with a pen. Him. Yeah, And that's it. And then he's on his way, you know, he's out the door, off he goes. She's, yeah, a, my, she's trying to drag out business. the suicide. Mom well, you know what? Attention. I wonder, though. I wonder, because think about this. You know, I, if, if this happened to me, and I was living in, like, you know, this is the second time she tried to kill, myself, kill me or, or, you know, light a campfire or try to poison my food or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I'm getting the fuck out of this house. I'm 20 years old. <laughs> 20 years, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. go live in my own flat across town in Stockport. So maybe this was all a way for a parent to get rid of their fucking shitty millennial kid and get them out of the house. You know, their lazy millennial is just sitting there playing Xbox all day. You know, doesn't have a job sponging off their parent. Maybe she's like, I'm just going to talk about killing them all the time. I've come up with a scheme to get rid of them. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like it might work. Well, it, yeah. Well, it's definitely got rid of her. She's out of the situation. Do you think Lewis and Callum are still living together? In the house. Well, now they got the house themselves. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's why they're so situation. depressed. Is they got this bummer of a mother. You know, yeah. she's such a buzzkill. Always talking about death and suicide <laughs> all the time. It's like kick her out of the house. 
Do you know what I would do when she got out of jail and you're all having a party? I'd House be like, party. should we have a barbecue? <laughs> Let's have a barbecue. <laughs> Let's have a barbecue. All right, the next tale is another tale of motherhood, but a different kind of motherhood. Alleged abductor was caught doing CPR on an unborn baby when pulled over. You know, that's a very confusing headline. It's almost a metal song, but it's not quite there. It's close. Yeah, it could be a Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. song. So this happened in Texarkana, Texas, a place I've never been, but I do like the name of that town. It's um, just about a mile from Louisiana in yeah. the old cotton fields back home i imagine it's as great of a town as stockport um with just as many jews uh the suspect (laughs) accused of killing a new boston woman and abducting her unborn child last week was allegedly performing cpr on the infant in her lap when a texas state trooper pulled her over uh, in dekalb texas which is by the oklahoma border so she had an unborn child that she abducted (laughs) which I think we can both assume how. And uh, the child was dying, so she pulled over and was trying to give it CPR to resuscitate it. And this is a weird part. The baby's umbilical cord was still attached and appeared to be coming out of the female's pants as if she had just given birth. She's took to self. She's done a Giuliani. She totally did a Giuliani. It was just a tuck. Just a tuck. <laughs> she just tucked it in. Um, oh, that's that's very macabre, isn't it? T- yeah, well, it's like who are you trying to fool here? So she just yeah. took this like severed, you know, umbilical cord and just shoves this bloody thing in her pants, and it's like, oh yeah, I gave birth. You know, it's still inside of me. Very normal. Yeah, she's a very normal woman, this woman. You know, she's going to live from naught to 70 and nothing could go wrong in her life. 27-year-old Taylor Renee Parker has an umbilical cord tucked in her pants. Um, She's been charged with a capital murder. you know what? We've all had weird things tucked in our pants sometimes. Giuliani has. I don't even want to know what you've had tucked in your pants. <laughs> An ambulance transported Parker and the baby to uh, McCurtain Memorial Hospital in uh, Oklahoma, where the baby was pronounced deceased, and doctors quickly determined that Parker had not given birth. So I Duh. imagine that's pretty easy to determine, you know? It's like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's who knows? She, she did tuck the umbilical cord in, so she might have stretched herself out down there with like a squash or an eggplant or something. What do you guys call eggplants? Aubergines? Aubergines. Aubergines. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to shove like, an aubergine up there. Was the baby full term? Does it say if the baby was to term? I'll get to that. It was okay. close though. Uh, so yeah. the trooper first made contact with Parker um, in the morning. Um, this is the same morning that the mother of the victim here I heard the mother is uh, the mother of the victim, Reagan Simmons Hancock, 21 years old, 21 years old, discovered her daughter's body laying on the living room floor covered in blood. Um, I guess she shared a home with her uh, husband and uh, three year old daughter. Um, Parker's boyfriend told um, investigators this is the uh, the abductor. Uh, Parker's mm-hmm. boyfriend told investigators that he believed his girlfriend was actually pregnant and thought he was meeting Parker at the hospital around noon that day for an induced labor and a delivery. You know, looking at her picture, she's not even that fat. I was going to say, so, like, 
she's pretending for nine months that she's pregnant and he never once like saw her naked in that time or was like you I think the guy's just dim. I think he's yeah, just why dim. aren't your ankles swollen like or like so much you know, how come you, you don't have pregnant? a bigger chin or something you know yeah um you know I'm dying to see uh my sister's gonna be here this weekend and she's pregnant big announcement mm-hmm. people I'm gonna try to get her on Patreon to talk about being preggers uh but uh <laughs> yeah she and Jer are having a child, a young baby that I'm hoping they name Shmuley. Um, but I haven't, like, my sister is a tiny, diminutive figure. Like, she's not even five feet tall. She's like 4'11. And yeah. she's tiny. She probably weighs like 100 pounds. And so I was talking to Jer the other day, and Jer's like, oh, yeah, she's a pig now. And I was like, I can't even picture what my sister would look like as a pig. She's a pig now. <laughs> He's like, oh, she's a hog. And so I'm I'm very, yeah, she's going to be here this weekend. And I'm really curious to see, I'm, I'm fascinated yeah, to she, see how she can. she beefed out? Put, yeah, mm-hmm. like how, how she could put on weight. So this guy who's, you know, been nine months with his fucking girlfriend. And you look at her, she looks like she's meth head thin in this picture. Yeah. You know, because some women that do this, like that try to abduct a baby, they're already like 250 pounds. There's no way you would know. Can I just point out here that Priscilla Presley only put on eight pounds when she was pregnant? So you can not put on much weight, but she still had a bump. She had a baby bump, and it's there's your baby. And her baby womb. committed suicide only a couple of years ago, right? No, Priscilla Presley. No, that's Lisa Marie. Oh, okay. Lisa I got Marie's mixed up. child just <laughs> killed himself. <laughs> Getting it mixed up. Yeah, no, it was Lisa Marie's child who's just killed himself this year. Oh, yeah, the guy that actually kind of looked like Elvis. He kind of vaguely does, but he really looks like her as well. A combination. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, this guy didn't even know um, that she was pregnant. And so he told investigators that he believed his girlfriend um, you know, was pregnant. And they, so to the point that they actually had a gender reveal party at their house in celebration. She had to have used like some kind of fat suit. <laughs> Or duct tape a pillow to her stomach or something to pull this off. Because I could see having your, like, rotundo boyfriend who just doesn't understand that pregnant people put on weight. But everybody Mm -hmm. else, this is Texas. They're big people in Texas. They all fail for it. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I wonder. So she must have been, yeah, she must have been planning all along to steal this baby. And then did she wait for the other woman to have a gender reveal party? And she was like, I want one too. And then she just did her gender reveal party. <laughs> at this, yeah, at the same time. I mean, wouldn't you be suspect? Like, I'd be suspicious of this. The other thing, too, when you go to, I've never been to one of those gender, I don't think anyone would invite me to a gender reveal party. A gen- <laughs> oh, I don't think anyone do would not- invite me to one, first of all. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't celebrate go. celebrate babies. I'm not yeah. going to somebody to tell me if that baby is a bar. Whoopty fucking do. You've had a child. I don't give a shit. Yeah, your kids aren't special. Um, but if I did go, <laughs> And I brought a gift, and then I found out about all of this. I would go to the boyfriend and be like, give me my fucking gift back. I would do the same as well. I'd want my money back at least. Well, I would. Because they're want... not going to use it. And plus, the baby is dead, anyways. There's no baby. It's not going to happen. Give me my gift back. So well, I she stole the baby. It. Yeah. I'd be like, give me, give me my gift back. You know, I was thinking, like, is that too Jewish? Is that Jewish? No, I would to do, do the same, but I'm, I'm English, so I'm also tight. I've heard English are cheaper than Jews. I think we're on par 
So what about a Jewish English person like my father? <laughs> like your father and your half that as well. So. <laughs> yeah, but was my father like the pinnacle of cheap? I think he was. I bet actually. it's great fun going out for dinner when you're like, whenever somebody says we're going to pay, you two would have just been like, la, la, la. la. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> have to go when to the loo. Opened, when your dad opened his wallet, did a puff of smoke just come out? <laughs> you know what my dad used to do, which I always thought was hilarious? He had like a little calculator that he would add up the bill. Oh, just and then to, divide it. <laughs> no, well, he, first of all, he'd add up the bill to make sure that they weren't trying to cheat him. Yeah. Especially at Chinese restaurants this. for some reason. <laughs> and so he would add up the bill. But then, yeah, he would divide it for everybody at the table. Even like we take me and my sister out. We go to Michigan to go see him. We'd all have to split the meal. And be, we'd be like, what the fuck is this? Ridiculous. Well, yeah, why should he be expected to pay for you? You guys are old enough now to pay for dinner for your father. You should never have children. Never. <laughs> I'm not going so to. So the mother found her daughter, you know, laying on the, on the floor covered in blood. She called 911 screaming that someone killed her baby, which I, that could be also confusing, too, because it's like you're the mom here. You probably don't have a baby. It's not your baby. It's your mm -hmm grandchild um which you don't not gonna have so sorry not gonna be a grandma a large amount of blood was noted throughout the house on the floor this is like sharon tate type of thing yeah you know um was she writing i've got your baby now on the wall your baby's like, mine no it said your baby is a pig on the wall <laughs> um so a large amount of blood was noted throughout the house on the floor furnitures walls appliances and hancock was found laying face down on the, on the living room floor um, after learning that she was approximately 30 week, 34 weeks along, just six weeks away right? from a full-term pregnancy. Yeah. So what would that be? So six weeks away from full-term. So she was like just under, she's like eight months or something. Mm -hmm. I was um, six weeks early. I think, no, six or eight. I can't remember. I was like nearly two months early. I just wanted out of my mother. I'd had enough. <laughs> you could have been cut out of your mother and then taken by a Texan. <laughs> Um, so when, uh, the paramedics there, cause they, because of her, she was so close to a full-time pregnancy, they went to check on the status of the child. They turned her over and they noticed a large cut across her abdomen. So it was determined that the baby, she had been sliced open like cesarean style. You know, cesareans are like a big, serious operation. So, cause you're cutting through like layers of like muscle and fat. It's not just a case of you're going to slit the belly open and the baby pops out. So... And you got to stitch them back up. Well, that's what I wonder. Well, if you do want you them to live, you're going to stitch them back up. Well, do you think Tara Patrick over here had a surgeon's technique? <laughs> I don't think she did. But, like, yeah, how would you? Um, she, I'm trying to think of how she would get the pregnant woman on the floor to then start slicing her. Well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, she had to have incapacitated her Incapacitated her. But how? Like, would she just, like, she must have had, like, a knockout punch. You think she just punched her, like, cold cocked her in the face? Maybe, or, like, hit her with a frying pan. She's got to have knocked her out to get her comatose Yeah, but you don't, wanna, you don't want her to harm the baby, because it's not like you want to go through all that trouble and cut the baby out, and now it's, like, you know, yeah, rotundo or know. something. Go mm -hmm. shove it back in. Go get another one. But, uh, um, I don't know. That's what I would do. I'd knock her out with a frying pan, I think. Well, I'd just give her a glass of Diet Coke mixed with some GHB. I mean, would that work? Has that worked for you in the past? 
Well, it's a, it's called a hot Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it would harm the fetus if you did that? Well, yeah, because the baby ingests whatever the mother ingests, so the baby would come out loaded off its mind. It's like a London club kid or something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Parker confessed to an investigator that she was not pregnant and admitted to having been in an altercation with Hancock. Meddling kids figured it all out. She said she used a small scalpel to remove the unborn infant from the body. So that's kind of surgical. At least it wasn't a butterfly knife. True, yeah. but I mean, you can buy scalpers at the art supply store. Yeah, well, those are like I doubt it was paper medical grades. Yeah. Um, the small scalpel was found lodged in Hancock's neck during the autopsy. So she was oh. just like, I mean, just insult to injury. Just cut her open, just jams the thing in her neck and leaves with the baby. This uh, pa- woman is vicious. Oh, no, she's, yeah, she's evil. Parker was extradited, and they were friends, too. Like, they are friends. That's the worst part. She was extradited to Oklahoma. Um, her bail's at at $2.5 million for capital murder, $1.5 million for murder, and $1 million on a charge of kidnapping, um, which that didn't last very long. Uh, no. Parker, using the it? name Taylor Morton, so she's using a pseudonym, was friends with Hancock on Facebook. So according to social media posts, they were friends, and uh, she knew she was expecting her daughter on November 2nd. Right. So under Texas law... Facebook leads to awful things. It really does. Under Texas law, capital murder is punishable by life in prison without the possibility of parole or death by lethal injection. I was about to say there's got to be capital punishment in Texas. Oh, definitely. Oh, no. They love to execute people there. So I don't see her... I, I don't see the her last, sentence being commuted. I wonder who the last woman executed in Texas was. I thought was there was Carla one Faith recent. Tucker? No, I thought there was a recent one. There was a woman. Was that, there was a woman that was recently executed. I thought it was Texas. Yeah, probably yeah, was. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, they love to kill people there. I just never understood the entire thought process of why anyone would want a child this badly. It's so gruesome. It's such a gruesome way. Is it not easier to just like fill in some forms? Yeah, and, like, adopt you know, sit one. And wait, sit and wait for two years or like get a Chinese baby or a Russian baby. Although yeah. they can turn out to be dwarves, can't they? But fine. I mean, you get something <laughs> to take care of. I mean, it's not that hard. I'm sure a dwarf would be a bargain. Or, or better yet, just get a fucking puppy. I was about to say, what's better than all of this is to just get a cat or a dog. It's yeah. so much simpler. Get a fucking you, puppy. Do you know what? It's, it's a nicer life. Children suck. Why do you want a child? Ask your sister this, George. Shmooley. You know, my sister would have loved this story. <laughs> um, I don't think this woman, personally, I don't think this woman would have made a good mother. She's too possessive. Selfish. Very possessive. You know? it's, so it seems, yeah. She'd have been but a helicopter mom. Do, a scalpel mom. Would, That's what she would have A been. scalpel mom. I would do anything for you. So, mom, how was I born? Well, have I got the story for you? That's what I was wondering. Like, would you, like, would you eventually tell the truth? Let's say everything worked out. Like, the kid lived. She took off. She went to fucking Utah, raised the kid. Would you eventually tell the kid where she came from? I think once the kid is like, why don't I look anything like you or dad or any of that side of the family? Do you think they'd ever work it out? Well, I mean, I, I would be like, this is weird. Was I adopted? But they'd probably just be like, you're adopted. But wouldn't you mm. want to, I mean, technically, I guess she was adopted by force, I suppose. But I mean, 
would you be able to live with with your mom who raised you? Let's say like, you know, she's 40 years, you know, 30 years you've been, you know, she's been your mother and she finally tells you that she like cut this lady open with a scalpel and took you. Would you be like, you're not my mother? <laughs> well, yeah, because she wouldn't be your mother. She's a murderer. <laughs> I would have been a like, child, you're psychotic. A child snatching murderer. Do you ever see the movie Inside? It's a French horror film from like mid 2000s, I think 2007. No, I didn't. What's that about? Oh, this is a perfect film. Well, a perfect film for the season, number one, but also a, a very apropos film for a move for a story like this. Um, it's about a woman who really wanted a baby. Yeah, go check it out. It's called Inside. Um, it's Ooh, a good movie. I'm gonna Wikipedia that. So there you go. Two stories about motherhood here on Sick and Wrong. Uh, people, send your story Sick and Wrong Podcast at a gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. But first, uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Remember, people, keep it under three minutes. You can also send us calls on Facebook. Some industrious folks have done that. And you can also email an MP3 to us uh, as well, gmail.com. So the first call we have here is um, from a former world leader. Guten Tag, sick und wrong. This is Adolf Hitler. I'm hanging out at my villa in Argentina. I'm... Oh, it really sounds like Hitler. He's so jolly. Yeah, he sounds really so worked like, out for him. He sounds so happy. I mean, he sounds so German. Like, it's like one yes. of the better German accents I think I've ever heard. I mean, I feel like I've like been like transported to like 1936. Seeing some strudel and painting pictures. And listening to your podcast, which is one of my favorites. He's a fan, huh? Anyway, you were asking about revenge stories, so I thought I would call in with this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Do you remember that? We were talking about revenge stories a few weeks ago. Yes. Well, obviously, Hitler has the best revenge story out of anyone, doesn't he? Sounds sounds like we're about to hear it. Yeah. Back in the 1920s and 30s. The Jews were pissing me off, so I threw six million of them into the fucking ovens. <laughs> that- That's a great story. It's a, such a good narrative, good intro, you know, like rising action. Yeah. You know, he's, he's built the character of the Jews and why he hates them so much. <laughs> just yeah, throwing just them like into the ovens. They were pissing me off right into the ovens. All right, there you go. Yeah. Hilarious. Well, you know, I've had some time to think, and I think. Possibly, it was a bit of an overreaction. Perhaps it was the methamphetamine coursing through my veins that made me uh, act in such a manner. That and the mustard gas. So, on behalf of all the the Nazis, I want to apologize to the Jews. Yeah, well, that's that's for you, isn't it? He's apologizing to your people. 
Yeah, you know, apology you accepted. Accept? Apology you're is accepted. It. I'm, I'm excited. It's been, a, it's been a few years, you know. I still think I you're an asshole. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I still think you're an asshole. I still blame you for six million of my people's deaths, you know. But eh, it's been a few years. I, I, you know, I think I could apologize. You know, I mean, he's a fan of the show. You know? Also, like I would say, never regret your past. You should only learn from your past. And he shouldn't be apologizing for it. Just like move on as a person. Never regret never regret something you have done. Regret something you haven't. Haven't done, done. exactly. Yeah. I bet the weather in Argentina is lovely. I'd like to hear more from this Hitler fellow. Hitler? Yeah. God, he's it was so authentic. Thank you there, Hitler, for calling into the show. <laughs> Not surprised he's a fan. All right, here's, a, here's another story. This is like old school sick and wrong right here. Um, I, I just heard the beginning, and I haven't even really listened to it, but uh, yeah. The sick and wrong hotline. <clears throat> What's up, all you dirty, disgusting motherfuckers? This is Vin. So this was a number of years ago when I was a less than upstanding human being, and I was doing massive amounts of dope and opiates. And as a consequence of doing a lot of dope and opiates, uh, let's just say, uh, comes a little bit of constipation. You know, I've heard that. I've heard this too, yeah. I've heard they get blocked up because that's completely blocked of, up. Yeah, a lot of dope, a lot of opiates. Like you, uh, yeah, it's, it's just hard to Space. shit. So some people don't yes. even shit for like, I have a friend of mine, I'm um, not going to mention any names, didn't shit for like five days. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Well, it, when Elvis died, he had 50 pounds worth of impacted shit inside of him. Good God. 50 pounds. Good God. He hadn't been, he hadn't been for shit in like four months. Wow. 50 quids worth of shit. <laughs> so it was probably like five or six days without taking the shit, and I could just feel this huge brick in my stomach. You could I feel it. And my back hurt. And was taking laxatives. Nothing was moving. Nothing was happening. So I got on the internet and I googled, and somehow I saw this website that said, "Oh, uh, manual disimpaction," they call it. Uh, <laughs> you say manual disimpaction? Yeah, because you have an impacted bowel, and you need to re remove the impactation. I, I, look, I'm I'm a doctor of fun. I'm not a real doctor, but I imagine that's what it means. Have you ever been? Have you ever had to manually de-impact yourself? Um, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Never say never. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> it basically involves uh, lubing your asshole up and sticking your fingers up into your asshole so you can reach said brick of impacted stool and manually digging it out. <clears throat> so, needless, so needless to say, <laughs> I'm moved up on my back in my studio apartment in the Tenderloin, San Francisco, and I'm literally digging uh, hard, stinky shit out of my asshole. <laughs> Why would you this do is... this? Why would you do this in the fucking bathroom? Bathtub. Do you know yeah, what? in the bathtub. Yeah, why would you do this in the bathtub? This is one of those moments in your life, you know, where you have certain moments where you're like, I am just a fucking animal. 
and I disgust myself. This is Wait, one of, did one of those moments. introspective moments where you're like, God, I am a literal piece of shit. Like, the literal. Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Why wouldn't like... you do this in the fucking bathtub? Uh, yeah. Well, I. Would you not have run like a nice warm bath to also like help, you know, ease your muscles as well? I think I probably would have gone to a doctor or taken X lax or something. Well, he said he was taking laxatives and they weren't oh, working. Oh, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, and like doctors are expensive over there, aren't they? So God. if you can do something yourself, do it yourself, I would yeah, imagine. But with your fucking finger? <laughs> well, oh, you're going to use God. some chopsticks, D. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably use something, like a hanger or something. My dad, Like my dad's shit hanger. <laughs> Get the hanger, David. All right, what happened here? Uh, and I can only get up so far. I mean, your fingers are only so long, and I got out what I could get out, but there was still more. I could still feel more. So oh, I God, he's there, getting the chopsticks. <laughs> he's getting chopsticks. He's yeah. getting the chopsticks. <laughs> Why would you? Do you think he's, like, putting Vaseline in the chopsticks? As we speak, yeah. Do you know what? This is going to start a new fetish for this guy, and he's just going to start doing it weekly. He's going to tell people it's constipation. (laughs) (laughs) Open, vulnerable. And I thought, you know what might work? I take the end of this spoon and gently insert it up my asshole. Oh, my God. I might be able to lodge some more of that stinky fecal matter out of my asshole. So, of course, high as fuck, not in my right senses. I took the long end of a spoon up my asshole and managed to uh, essentially scoop out. out the rest of the stool that was entire. Impact- <laughs> would, you, would you wash the spoon or would you throw it away? I was just thinking, you know what I would do? I would keep the spoon. This would be like the new special stu- spoon. The stool, the stool spoon. spoon. <laughs> and when somebody who I didn't like came over to my house, guess what spoon they're going to use? Oh, God, you're evil. <laughs> the asshole. What, but what I didn't realize is because of all the laxatives I had taken, once all that hard stool came out of my asshole, I basically had rapid, massive diarrhea. <laughs> God, this is like fucking Evil Dead. The guy, he like, he like basically just took a spoon, crushed up the cork, and then just shooting out just like brown fucking like liquid, like what molten day. diarrhea. <laughs> and, and he's and he's in his fucking. Did he say he's on his like living room floor in his tenderloin apartment? You know, I bet you this oh. happened in many a tenderloin apartment. It's in your, not mine, not mine. Not yours. <laughs> For the record, not mine. <laughs> Ass nugget. Popped out. I basically shit myself uh, with liquid diarrhea. There, laying like happy baby in the fetal position. Happy baby. On the floor of my studio apartment in San Francisco. Get in the bathtub. So the moral of the story is, kids, don't do heroin. Take care. <laughs> Wrong. The moral of the story is do the if you're gonna do this procedure, be in the bathtub. Because then you could just like wash yourself off and wash the shit away. There's gonna be no mess. Like the fact you're just laying there on the floor of your studio apartment, you're creating a bigger, a bigger problem than it needs to be. 
All right, if if you okay, what what is your longest relationship you've ever had? Um, five years. Well, that's a long time, actually. That's, did you, you never got married? No. Is, how how long have you? Same for you? About five <laughs> years. Yeah, probably about five yeah. years. But my ex is five years. But so let's say you, you your boy your boyfriend or whatever five years was constipated this bad, and he was just like. Would you get the spoon, love? Like, would you <laughs> have done it? Spoon. Would you have done it? Would you have helped him out with it? Once. <laughs> <laughs> you get a one-time pass. Yeah, one like time. That. Wow. You get a one-time pass. But if that carries on, it's not going to carry on. Yeah, but it's like I would be nervous because it's like a fucking geyser. It's like you're hit, hitting that one. You're getting that one piece out. And then it's just going to pop. It's going to blow. To be honest, I wouldn't have expected the explosive diarrhea afterwards. But, yeah, I would help I would help get the um, the Empire State Building shit out of him <laughs> once. In and the living room it. or in the bathtub? No, in the bathtub. In <laughs> would the you bathroom be, where what, shit belongs. Would you be fully clothed or would you be naked too? I think <laughs> I would want a bath. And I would probably just get into like a bikini or something, and I would wear gloves. I would wear a fucking hazmat suit because that shit is gonna spray everywhere. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't have expected the spray. That would have been been what surprised me. But yeah, I would. So help would once. okay? Would that have been if you helped him once, but then you got just coated and sprayed like Evil Dead style? Would that have been? Would think? Would that have been it? Would that have killed the relationship? No, it would have been more fool me. I should have been expecting that. <laughs> but then I'm in the bathtub, and all I'll instantly do is probably just take like a four-hour shower. Take a little shower. bath in the shit water. Yeah, why not? No, <laughs> take a long shower, <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Let's leave it a couple of months before we start telling people this story." <laughs> <laughs> I would wait till the like the the night of the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and regale all my relatives with the beautiful story of our love. I knew the one, we were like going to be day, together forever. Yeah, the one day I fell, I knew she loved me. I knew it was true love. <laughs> when she had a fucking chopstick in my anus, <laughs> breaking up my impacted heroin shit. Yeah, God, Jesus Christ. If that, if that doesn't scare you off of drugs, I don't know what will. Again, it's not the drugs. Why is he doing it? In his living room, go to the bathroom. Yeah, at least go in the bathtub. That's that that makes the most sense. It All does. Right. Even if you don't have a bathtub, sit in the shower. You know, after that, like I was excited about this next call, but after that, I'm kind of just I don't know. I'm just kind of grossed out. <laughs> but here, I'll, I'll see if I can work myself back up. Hello, long time listener, first time caller. I'm ill, hence why I sound like an absolute mong. Well, we can use that excuse. An absolute what? An absolute mong. Mong. Like mongoloid? M-O- yeah, M-O-M-G, a mong. I've never heard that term before. Oh, mong. have you not? You know, it's, that's, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone will know that in the UK, what it means, people call it. Stop being a mong. <laughs> <laughs> I have never told anybody this before. Um... It's about the first time, well, that I remember that I ever masturbated as a child. So if you think this is hot, then you're a paedophile. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I was probably about three or four. I'm still thinking about this guy spooning shit out of his ass. <laughs> I, it's, I'm trying to like think about the bong masturbating, but honestly, like I yeah, it was, it was a kind of gross story. I've heard worse. <laughs> Where, wait, yeah, have you ever had that happen? No, it's never happened to me. But I mean, it's just it's just shit, isn't it? Like, come on, like up the ante. And it's a challenge. I had two <laughs> older siblings. And all I remember is that we had this hoover that had like a flat top, almost like a T-shape, I think. And I remember sort of sitting on it in front of my siblings. (laughs) And basically the pressure would just make me orgasm. Wait, wait, how old did she say she was? Three or four. Jesus Christ. She's like a sex pest at like three or four. How do you become such a trollop at that young age? <laughs> trollop. <laughs> and I would say to them, oh, you should do this. It's, I mean, I... She's probably doing the dance to that, like, Cardi B song. <laughs> WAP. <laughs> to WAP. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely told them to do it, but I don't remember what I actually said. And I just thought well, they didn't actually do anything. And I really hope they don't remember this. Oh, God. I'm sure they will <laughs> because they were older. I would have been traumatized. Um, like, look at my, my fucking sister. She took it away from me because she caught me and she hid it in the back of a wash. <laughs> her mother's like, quit defiling my vacuum cleaner. Yeah, her mom's you like, I'm saving that for whore. later. I'm waiting till the kids go to bed and I'm going to have fun with that vacuum cleaner. I don't cleaner get tonight. it. I don't like, what, is, what kind of hoovers do you guys have? And, and I never <laughs> thought. Yeah, fucking good think, ones, apparently. I never would have thought this would be like a tool for masturbation for women. Don't you need something that vibrates? Like I'd see like a back massager yeah, or something. It does, yeah, it probably does vibrate on like a tiny baby's clit. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, gross. I really hope they don't remember because that's that is weird, isn't it? That is really weird. I would if this was me okay, well, and I experienced it. this with my sister, I would be Love bringing this up. Bye. I'd have brought it up on the show like All a while ago. Oh yeah, I would Every have been like, day. Do you remember when you masturbated with a vacuum cleaner and mom had to take it away? <laughs> yeah, but then that's you when pervert. mom would be like, I loved that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Good God. You know, I knew a girl in uh in high school that would use her mom's vibrator and put it back. I, right, when I was in uni, I lived with, like, three other people. Yeah, three people. I lived with two girls and another boy. And one of the girls worked for Ann Summers. And so she would do Ann Summers Ann parties. Summers? Ann Summers is like, a, it's like a, a sex shop here, but it's like a high street chain sex shop. So, so like you can a, go a in and buy. a posh sex shop. Not like not Adam posh. and Eve. It's, it's not posh. It's like middle of the road. It's not like agent provocateur or anything like that. But you can buy sex toys. Oh, so it's like Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah, but they do and summer's parties where you basically get a gaggle of girls and you get them drunk and they'll buy dildos. And she did that to make money during second year of uni. Well, anyways, did you go I to one knew of these where parties? her. Yeah, because she would host them. But I knew where her stash of dildos was in the house. So I would go out and get drunk. I would sneak into her room while she was asleep <laughs> in her room. I would take these, like, dildos. I would use them. And then I'd just clean them off and put them back. And then she'd be <laughs> going to parties, handing them out to, like, all these people so that they could feel them. <laughs> so you gave them all herpes? 
Uh, no, I didn't have the herpes at the oh. time. Um, <laughs> I don't have herpes now. Wait, why would you I clean them up? Why not just whistle, why not just put them back? I mean, fuck it. What covered covered in my cum? Put back a cum covered dildo? No, come on. I'm trying to like hide what I'm doing. Just covering your tracks. I was covering my tracks, but I did that for like the whole year we lived together. I would just go in and take her take her vibrators and use them. You, you do know about the coupon code Diddle. You get like 50% off your first item. Will, and and one now. item so sexy that we can't even mention no, on the show. Now I'm an adult. I have my own <laughs> arsenal of weapons now. Yeah, but, but I mean, okay. I was a skint student. <laughs> All right. How old were you? Like 21? Yeah, 21, 22. Yeah, you could buy your own fucking dildo. How, how much is it? Like 20 quid? Yeah, but like, come on! I'm a. We were just talking about who's tighter—the Jews or the Brits—and no, I'm I proving think, here. Yeah, no, I think you have proven that the Brits are tighter, literally, than the Jews. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, did she ever? Just, did you ever tell her that you were like defiling all no, of the but, dildos? No, but it is something I would tell her if it came up in conversation. Like, if you, if you had ever came, like, I oh, remember my own summers parties. You'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I tried out every fucking dildo. I tried out every dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and I put them back. And then you sold them to other birds. Yeah. Oh, no, no. These are these were like the tester dildos. They weren't ever sold. They, but she would host them around at parties. And, like, you know, a way to test out one of the, the dildos is, like, people put them against their nose or their cheeks to feel the sensitivity. So they're putting my used dildos against their face. <laughs> This was also in the days before coronavirus, so you could be disgusting and do stuff like that. But so d- you don't know if anyone used these dildos before you? They were brand new. Nobody's used these dildos. They were like brand new. Out the- they were like show demonstration display dildos. But Were they in I a box? No. So they were outside they were of a, a box. So you don't know. This lady might have had, you know, this, your friend probably used them, don't you think? She had her own collection. Oh, she had her own private dildos. But I mean, she, do yeah. birds do birds share dildos? Like, if you had a roommate, would you share a dildo? Or is it like, no, that's my dildo. Don't fuck with it. Yeah, I think people probably do. They probably do. But you get a, you have your favorite ones, don't you? You get you want to have ones you prefer. So if I had, say, if I had like a dildo I didn't necessarily like, I'd probably offer it to a friend because like, what do you do? I've chucked away dildos into the bin when, like, they reach the end of their lifespan. So it's probably better. <laughs> what, what, what's the end of that? Do you do, like, like a Viking burial? Like, what, what's the end of the well, lifespan of a dildo? because you whittle them down, don't you? That's what you do. You whittle <laughs> them down until they become nubs. That's a poor little nub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's You know, one thing I've often wondered, would you be put off by this? Like, so... I break up with my girlfriend and I start dating you and I'm like, yeah, well, I got this, you know, box of dildos that we used to use. Like, would you, would you, would you be like put off by that? Yeah, that's bad etiquette. You should always start fresh with new dildos. You shouldn't be using like dildos that you've used on your ex on your current. Yeah, but did you say you could just wash them? You can just wash them, but it's like the whole... You're already custard sisters with this person, but you don't want to be like full on. It's like, I don't know, it's crossing a line there, man. It is crossing a line. Yeah, that was the name of my band in college, Custard Sisters. 
custard sisters. Yeah. No, boys are, <laughs> boys is better because you're Eskimo brothers. And I Eskimo that. brothers. I've never even heard that. Eskimo yeah, brothers. I like Eskimo that. Eskimo brothers. I like mm-hmm. that. All right. Well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, honestly, if I had a, I don't have a flashlight, but if I had a flashlight, I would not be loaning it out to my friends, being like, "You gotta try this shit." Like, yeah, I, but that's like, also different. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, don't leave your dildos out around Kate. <laughs> She'll come in the middle of the night and just take them, just use them, then put them back, creeping in <laughs> like a vampire, like the fucking a dildo Grinch, vampire. like the dildo yeah. Grinch. In the middle of the night, just taking your fucking dildos, using them and putting them back. Jesus. All right, people, call the cigar hotline, 323-522-4032. Um, as you know, because I've already been mentioning on the show, uh, Sigaronk 3.0 is coming very soon. In fact, it's coming next fucking weekend. Halloween show is going to be the launch of Sigaronk 3.0. There's going to be a new wow. co-host, a new dynamic. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I kind of want to talk about like a monster trunk. You know, a monster truck, like, fucking announcer voice. Oh, yeah. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Um, Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) The show is going to continue to devolve, believe me. It's like, I feel like it's it started somewhere and it's just gone downhill. Don't worry. We're going to get back. We're going to make sick and wrong sick again. I'm going to make hats, (laughs) red hats that say that. Anyway, sick and wrong 3.0 is coming up very soon. Best way to support the show is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. I mean this. I I mean this sincerely. I really appreciate each and every one of you who donates to the show and uh, gives us a little money. And that's why I like to produce a lot of extra content um, for the people that are on the patron. Um, So, like, for example, my sisters and Jer are coming here this weekend, my pregnant sister. And I'm going to get, uh, you know, I'm going to get some uh, some details about the pregnancy and yeah. some pictures of well, my sister. Yeah, I want to I hear about Shmuley. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, too, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say to her, I'm going to throw this out here, is that I feel, because she's having trouble coming up with a name. I know they're arguing about names and she doesn't like the names I suggest. I feel the sick and wrong listening audience should suggest a name. Uh, for my sister's kid. And that name will be Shmuley. It can't be too Goy, though, can it? No, it can't be Goyish. Um, that's why I think Shmuley is the best name. But if you can, if you have another name that's better than Shmuley, I'm, I'm open to hearing it. I doubt you'll have one better than Shmuley, though. Anyway, so that's the type of thing we have on Patreon. We have outtakes. Uh, we have uh, stories. I forget what story. Oh, yeah, we did a great story this week about a fight club at a uh, convalescent home with dementia patients. Dementia fight that's club. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today and uh, enjoy the rewards. Also, uh, we have a new T Public store that launched. It has a lot of old uh, sick and wrong shirts. Um, we even have sick and wrong face masks. Some guy posted a picture on the Facebook of uh, him wearing the Pope mask, the sick and wrong Pope mac- mask. And I was actually kind of impressed by the quality. It looked good. Nice. Yeah. So go check it out, stickingroundpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the first link and uh, link of the Pope, and you go straight to the T Public store. Finally, here, Sigarong Song of the Week. I had to keep it like, you know, a thematic type of uh, mm-hmm. type of theme song. So we were talking about Beasts of Satan. So we might as well end the show with uh, the song In League with Satan from uh, Venom, their debut nice, album, Welcome band. to Hell. Yes. Yeah, that's it. a that's a fucking great band, English I extreme love metal. Venom. 
Yeah, they're brilliant. They're fantastic. You know, I was wondering, where are they from? I forgot to look that up. I think they're up. Are they not Newcastle? Are they Newcastle? Is that where they're from? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, one of them I might have to look that up. Yeah, yeah look but up. but this band, like 1981, this was like this band was a major influence on thrash, death, and especially black metal, and that's what uh mm-hmm. like. And so you listen to Welcome to Hell, their first album, and that like raw, like fucking unpolished sound, is a result of it being recorded in just three days. It's like lo-fi, that- and that's what that's why these Norwegian bands, had, you know, were like obsessed with with venom because they're like that's the first black metal album welcome to hell it's, first black metal band yeah. it's their look as well like their stage oh, yeah, wear yeah, yeah. and like how fantastic they looked mantis. yeah so amazing do the you know the venom. black metal band mayhem took got their name from uh, their instrumental track mayhem with mercy from this album i did <laughs> yeah. and they covered the song witching hour on their ep death crush so Mayhem are like like totally uh, obsessed with uh, Venom, uh, mm-hmm. but such a great band. Anyway, we're gonna end the show here with "In League with Satan" from uh, from Venom's "Welcome to Hell." You should pick up that album. Kay Rambo, thanks for co-hosting the show. Let me plug something. Thank what's you. your uh, what's your uh, band's IG or your personal IG? Yeah, um, band's IG is Goldie Dawn six six six. I post memes in there like on the regular. If you like looking at memes on the stories. And you guys got like there. a band camp, right? Like, is there a link to your Yeah, we've got camp? band camp, Goldie Dawn band camp. We've got like, the EP is sold out, but it is on Discogs if you're into that type of thing. But if not, all the songs, you can buy the songs for like three quid on there, I think. Yeah, go check it out. Thanks, Kate, for doing the show. People will be back next week Thank with episode you. 763. It'll be the Halloween show and the official launch of Sacred Wrong 3.0. Until then, take it sleazy.
know, it, it, there's something about when you go to a concert of death metal, somebody might get killed. Right. You know, you're worshiping death. And then all of a sudden people start dying. Oh, wait a minute. What, what's going on? Well, you love death so much yeah. that you bought the ticket. Yeah. You love worshiping Satan? Well, let's have some of Satan's religion come in and shoot you. I mean, that's what these people should think about before they go to such a wicked concert. 